Hey there, I'm Judy Kroon. Welcome to another episode of Laugh Long and Prosper Shelf Help with a smile. And I've always believed that humor is one of our best coping mechanisms, especially while we're dealing with COVID. We're making our way through this tunnel of COVID, which is why I'm speaking today because today is Monday. That means it's time for just another Mindful Monday. I'm speaking with Andy Cleghorn. I chatted with Andy last week uh, about using uh, art as therapy. And I specifically wanted to talk about humor today. Uh, Andy Cleghorn is from fullcircleatc.com. ATC stands for Art Therapy Center. Again, that's fullcircleatc.com. Andy is a registered psychotherapist. Andy, thanks for joining me on the show again. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, as we chatted about humor last week at the end of our uh, podcast about art therapy and psychotherapy and anxiety, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm a huge believer in uh, in humor and uh, and and therapy and healing. And you mentioned a word last week that I had never heard before. Can you tell our, our listeners what that word is? It's gelatology, and I really hope I'm pronouncing it correctly because uh, <laughs> I haven't heard it audibly yet. Um, so the physiological study of laughter is called gelatology. How do you spell it, by the way? Um, G-E-L-O-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Got it. Okay. Perhaps uh, there will be a lot of gelatologists out there someday. <laughs> Great. So the coolest thing about, you know, there's so many different studies that are, are happening and we know that laughing makes us feel good, but we don't, you know, but it's really difficult. We don't know what's going on up inside the brain. There's so many studies now that are trying to find out um, what's going on in the various parts of the brain. And I'm, you know, shout out to neuroscientists who are, are doing these different studies. And one study that they did do, um, they, they did humor material with a, uh, uh, subjects that were hooked up to an EEG. So it was measuring the brain activity. And it showed that laughter activates several different parts of the brain at once. While an emotional response um, can often be uh, confined to one specific area. Um, so it, it activates the limbic system and the cerebral cortex and it releases and it cleanses our system of like built up tension and incongruity and it gives us what i would call a just like a mental break it just it just frees us of that like overwhelming stress and mm -hmm. it also happens to shut out the fight flight response do you think that the cavemen and the cave women have knew this in the past and and you know found moments to laugh while they were you know getting dragged off by the uh, <laughs> the, the brontosauruses? <laughs> I think for sure. And clearly, their flight didn't work well if they were being dragged <laughs> off by the brontosaurus. Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is an ancient part of the brain. It was part of the first um, part to, of development. And as we have um, morphed and developed over the thousands and thousands of years, um, things have changed and we've developed higher systems and structures in our brain that actually, I mean, they can be extremely helpful, but sometimes limiting. And, and uh, sometimes we go back to that primitive part of the brain 
And now we can use our more advanced parts of the brain to help us um, get out of that. And one thing with laughter is that it is quite complex. There are several parts of the brains that have to understand the humor. You know, based on your age, if you're like a four-year-old, potty humor is funny. When you're 64, <laughs> it's still not funny. Huh? <laughs> well, it's I still, still laugh every now yeah, and then. <laughs> I'm kidding, it's still funny. But um, uh, what we laugh at becomes different and more um, complicated and intelligent as we get older. And so, yeah, in caveman times, absolutely things would be funny. It's a natural response. And there was, they didn't have a part that would try to limit that and try to figure it out and try to analyze it and do all these things. So almost like less is more. Right. But obviously <laughs> more is better in terms of our understanding of the world and being able to do all the amazing things that our brains can do. It is neat though that you say, and can you go over those parts again? Because uh, I've never heard it explained that way before, that it actually activates a number of areas of the brain. Can you go over those areas again and what those areas are responsible for? Um, sadly, I am not a neuroscientist, but, mm -hmm. um, but what I do understand from a psychotherapy point of view um, and from just constant learning all the time is that you know laughter is cathartic and cathartic is a nice word we've invented that basically sums up that it reduces our stress hormones like cortisol it increases our immune system and blood flow and works muscles like the abdomen and face so you know also very helpful for older people because you're getting a brain and body workout to a certain degree um in fact they said laughing um a hundred times is equal to 10 minutes on the rowing machine so i kind of <laughs> really? like that that's yeah. great that's... So not only are you taking a break from your stress mm -hmm. and giving yourself a cathartic moment to shut down that fight flight system mm -hmm. um but it you know it gives you a sort of chance to ah reset it's like that big deep breath in mindfulness a big <laughs> guttural laugh mm -hmm. is an amazing reset that's a really good point it's it's part of that deep breathing right you laugh yeah. so hard you're wiping the tears away from your eyes oh my gosh and your stomach hurts later your stomach and hurts but you got to take a deep breath afterwards it's that as you said that whole cleansing process what's interesting though too is that people naturally think that comedians are these very zen people and very happy people but you know that statement the tears of a clown are are kind of true i wonder what that is why do people and i mean i i have lots of friends who are are comedians that stuff suffer from depression anxiety adhd uh you know other forms other health issues um, but they really make it a, a, a point of using comedy to, to heal art therapy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Why is that, Why is that a go-to for, well, for folks who, who themselves, like I said, the tears of a clown? Well, because everybody is wired completely differently and the create, you know, quote unquote, creative person or the, you know, the the creative anxiety that you get when you're trying to imagine your next comedy routine or your next art piece or your next that. Um, as I mentioned last week, the imagination is the thoughts of the future that you're concerned about, you're worried about, you're dreading, you know, the anticipation that kind of overwhelms you. Um, 
And so people who are more creative sometimes, well, they have done so many studies that sort of prove that their level of anxiety and their, their level of um, the number of people who have mental health issues who are also creative ha is definitely increased. But that um, is fantastic to learn though that because laughter does the opposite, yeah, if you are creative and you're a clown and you can make people happy, that yes, that part of you is going to be there that will be sad, but also that part of you that creates the laughter and and can redirect the negative chaotic thoughts is so important. And both can be achieved. So that yes, there's the laughing kind of scary clown, and then there's the clown <laughs> that makes people laugh. And you know, both are required. We do need we do need our feelings, we do need sadness, we do need anxiety, but it's a what what is a healthy amount right if you're not anxious you're not going to go get a shot if you're not anxious right. you're not going to run away from danger right 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 um i'm chatting with andy cleghorn andy is a registered psychotherapist she's with a full circle art therapy center and uh now you deal with a lot of teens you deal with children um do you ever use comedy as a way because I, I teach stand-up uh, stand-up comedy and i have found with adults it's easy to get adults to use comedy whether it's healing or not but it's easier to teach the the building blocks of comedy can you do that with kids can you do that have you had success with teens or do or even if you're not consciously doing it do you have teens or children that lean towards comedy when dealing with their anxiety for sure um again like when, when we talked earlier about the idea of getting the joke mm -hmm. you know that develops as we mature and so the kind of humor that you might use with a teenager would go way over the heads of a six-year-old mm -hmm. um but just for instance a little kid to me uh said last week um and i quote i don't like asynchronous learning <laughs> and i just started to laugh and i said oh my gosh you're six years old i had no idea that that was even a word a couple of weeks ago and i certainly wouldn't have been able to pronounce it at six years old and he thought that was quite funny and then you know, in talking about um, seeing someone in his family the day before, he didn't remember the word for yesterday. He said, I saw him in the day, but not today, uh, a different day. <laughs> and I said, whoa, you've got some amazing vocabulary for a little kid. And this kid was six years old? Yes. Wow. I said, I, you know, I, I agree. This asynchronous sucks. But, you know, <laughs> and the fact that I've learned that word, thank you. You know, it's... Um, pointing humor at kind of what these what little kids take on like they are absorbing so much so so what if he forgets the word for yesterday he understands the the covid rules and school and online learning and online jk who would ever have thought that would have been a thing right and you can kind of make fun of so does your teacher freeze up on the screen and <laughs> when you're <laughs> right right does she make funny faces does that make your class time feel a bit better when you're you know feeling especially with poor kids with adhd or ad mm. the, even without the h hyperactivity component right. um these kids you know trying to stay focused is so difficult so by being able to actually find some humor in being online and the silly things that inevitably happen 
instead of worrying about the consequences of what happens, it's finding the humor in what may have already happened or what will happen. The power of humor, the power of art and creativity and, uh, you know, and to keep on doing what you're doing, it is so important. And, you know, you're one of those, uh, you're one of those heroes that are helping us get through COVID. Um, and I encourage you to check out, uh, check out Andy. Uh, again, her name is Andy Cleghorn and she's at fullcircleatc.com. Again, ATC, uh, ATC stands for Art Therapy Center, fullcircleatc.com. Um, as I said, I, I totally believe in humor and the power of healing. And we will get through this, folks. So keep laughing. Keep, uh, you know, keep being silly. And if you know what, if those six-year-old jokes are still making you smile, (laughs) then go for it. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining me on the show again. Thank you so much for having me. And folks, if you'd like to catch up on all of our Laugh Long and Prosper episodes, check me out at Judy Croon on Spotify and or SoundCloud, or you can go to my website, judycroon.com. Until next time, laugh long and prosper.